Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, here's a question for you. How do you cope with failure? Well, first, define failure. Thomas Cook, Pan Am, Enron, Compaq, DeLorean, Woolworths. Don't forget Blockbuster and Kodak. They're all success stories that ended badly. Some victims of technology and changing times. Others, a shift in public taste. It's easy to point the finger, but tougher to point to who will be the next and even harder to point out what must happen to avoid it. The NHS is obsessed with failure. The whole regulatory regime is predicated on failure. I can't think of a single regulator in health and care who are interested in success, what are the ingredients for success, and how to pass on the know-how to become a success. I can't remember a health select committee ever investigating success. Politics is confrontational. The party in opposition spends the whole of its time and energy winkling out the failures of Her Majesty's government. Paint the NHS or social care in a bad light. By implication, you paint the government of the day in a bad light. Finding fault is a national sport egged on by the media. At a time when the NHS has nothing like the number of staff it needs and all that means for the patient experience, the CQC still turn up and say there are not enough staff. Ipso facto, this trust is badly run, mark it down for leadership. At a time when the annual uplift in funding is about 3.8 and inflation is running at probably 11, regulators will say the trust balance sheet is in a mess, it's badly run, blah, blah. Trusts are prisoners of three things, geography, history, and the economy. Three things they're powerless to change. If a struggling trust was a struggling branch of a national retail chain, they'd close it. There's evidence of plenty in our ghost town high streets. Fashion retailers, banks, chemists, all quick to close branches where it's impossible to hire staff and where the numbers don't add up. The NHS doesn't have that luxury. Indeed, it's most likely that services and areas of deprivation where staffing and demand costs are a problem are the very places where trusts will struggle. No account is made of that. They're victims of workforce policy, arm's length organisations and politicians who've bungled workforce planning. They're victims of the economy and have no influence over funding allocations. They're victims of ludicrous expectations and promises made by politicians that they're unable to keep. And they're victims when carers are, careers are trashed because they're obliged to deliver the undeliverable. Turning around an organisation that finds itself in a hole is not easy, particularly when regulators, NHSE regions, MPs and the press turn up with the JCB to dig the hole deeper. Nevertheless, it's a job that has to be done. We can't walk away and put the shutters up like the retail industry. Trust turnaround inevitably involves more money, and someone to come with a fresh pair of eyes to see the good the organisation is doing. New words to encourage the people left with no choice but to work in a failing trust. It takes courage, skill and talent. Exactly how it's done is revealed in a new report that has found its way to me. 
No, I'm not sure I'm supposed to have it, but you can press the link in the e-letter and you can read it for yourself. It was commissioned by the fabulous Sue Holden, formerly NHSE's Director of National Intensive Support, and alas, she's now gone. Trust bosses Caroline Shaw, Joe Rafferty, Maggie Oldham, Simon Weldon and Sue Page told a former policy wonk, Paul Corrigan, in the frankest detail what it's like to take on the task of turnaround. The report reads like a novel. It's exciting. It has mystery, pain and laughter, has villains and heroes. It talks of methodology and improvement journeys and the physical exhaustion of it all overcoming denial, opening minds and giving people their self-belief back. Real leadership, the nuts and bolts of management and the psychology of success. I have no hesitation in saying this is the best report I've read in 50 years of NHS watching. It's a masterpiece, a must read and leaves me with the question, why didn't we hold on to Holden? Thanks for listening. I hope we'll speak again soon. Bye bye now.